morning, everybody. We're going to open in prayer this morning. Um, I'm covering for the Sandy. They're traveling. And for Sandy Hughes, they're on vacation as well. So um, just good morning to everybody that's here. Let's open up in prayer. We always want to start with talking to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise you this morning for your goodness and your mercy and your love upon our lives. Lord, just all the promises and your word that you've given us, it gives us so much to to look forward to and the joy that the promises that you've given us and being able to dig in and see what you've given and you've done for us. And it's just amazing and we're very, very thankful for your word. We're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful thankful for the opportunity just to be here this morning and, and to learn and to dig into this a little bit more. And Lord, we just we just want to praise you for your for, for the Holy Spirit that's with us this morning that we can already feel and tell. Lord, we, we invite you in to, to, to teach us and to help us to learn in every single, every single way that we can, Lord. We just want to change today. We want to be different. We want to grow. We want to just, every single moment that we're growing more towards you, and we just praise you for that. We pray for Roger this morning right now, Lord, that he's at the ER in pain. And we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. We speak to that pain through the Spirit, and we, we call you down, and we tell you to, to go back where you came from. No matter what's causing it, if it's infection or if it's um, just just pain from the surgery and the healing, or or if it's something that, that that's wrong in there, then you be healed. Every cell, you be healed right now. And that's all we have to do is speak to it and tell it to go. And we praise you for it, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, this morning my lesson is words that work. Um, for everybody who's been in, uh, the ones that have been in with Sammy's class, we've been talking a lot about how words are powerful and what, what we say and what we do shows our faith. People tend to just want to, to pray about something and then still talk about it and speak about it exactly the same way that they always have. So this morning, um, I'm going to go with, to Mark 11:24. if you all want to go there. Mark 11:24. And we're only going to take some portions out of this little section, but... We're talking about words that work. So on the opposite side, you know, there's words that don't work as well. So we'll kind of hit both of those. But I'm going to be reading from the NIV. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. So, several things that's in this, that I'm going to kind of break this down this, in this right here, but the first thing that we see is that Jesus is hungry. So he's looking for food. He, he automatically sees a fig tree, in the distance, it literally says in the distance he sees a fig tree, and it's in leaf. Well, if he'd seen a fig tree and it wasn't in leaf or whatever, he wouldn't have paid any attention to it. 
when he saw the fig tree and leaves, it looked like it should have figs on it. Because he's not up close to it, he can't see. But the tree is portraying from a distance that it has fruit on it because it has the leaves. It's, all, it's bloomed out, it's got everything there. So it looks like it should have fruit on it. So he goes to it. He makes a point to actually travel to the tree to get the fruit off of the tree. I mean, sometimes when I was just reading this, you know, years and years ago or whatever, I would read this and be like, it says it's not in season, so why did he get mad at the tree and curse the tree? Like, that really wasn't very, it didn't seem very godly to me. Like, I mean, I was like, why would he do that? But it was because, just because it says that it was not in season for figs, the tree was saying, I have figs. I'm, a, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing here to have figs. Even though, you know, it may not have been technically the season or whatever, but Jesus made a special trip to that tree because it was in the distance to go and get this fig and to eat and to be filled up. And so whenever he gets there and there's no figs, it's like the tree had lied. The tree was, you know, like, ah, I got figs, but then it really wasn't. So something was wrong with this tree. So he said, may nobody ever eat from you again. He didn't, you know, like, chop the tree down or get mad and kick it or anything like that. He just spoke to it and spoke and said, may no one ever eat from you again. Okay, now now the next section from 15 to 18 is talking about Jesus in the temple, and that's a whole other story that I'm not going there right now. So we're going to jump down to verse 19. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. It's not just like the leaves had, had dried up and fallen off and the tree was still there. Because that would be appropriate. You would actually think that that would be what you would, you know, that Jesus would have said. I mean, you know, I could have seen saying, you know, hey, you know, leaves fall off of there. Quit portraying that you have fruit when you don't or whatever. He said, may no one ever eat from you again. So it wasn't just that the leaves had died and fallen off so that it was portraying accurately what it was. It actually had withered from the roots and the entire tree was now dead. No more. It was not going to, because it wasn't doing things the way that it was supposed to. It was doing things out of order. It wasn't the season for it to have leaves, but it did. So it was portraying that it could do something it couldn't do. So... Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Jesus said, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So Jesus is saying a whole lot in here, but to begin with, he said, have faith. He spoke to the tree and told it that you're, nobody's going to eat from you again, and he believed it. 
And I always thought when I was growing up and, and in my Christian walk as I started out, I always believed that it was about how strong my willpower was to believe, how much my hope was, how strong I could work on believing something and having faith and not doubting in my mind or whatever that was my faith. But it wasn't, it's not so much what you think thoughts in your head, it's more what we put into action that's our faith with our words. If I speak to a tree and I say, nobody's going to eat from you again, and then I turn around and I say, you know, well, next time we're by here, let's see if we can grab some figs from that tree. I've just doubted what I just said. So a lot of times our words, without even realizing it, especially in a lot of the things that we say that's just commonplace, that's just kind of a common practice that, that we're just used to saying, a lot of those sayings, we don't realize how how negative they are in the sense of putting out our doubt. Even, even if even if you even if you feel like okay it's it's the symptoms okay the headache's gone and I was healed by Jesus' stripes because Jesus died on this tree you know he took all these stripes he took these thirty nine stripes and this headache is gone so flesh fall in line with that line up with the word of God that says that I'm healed but then it's still there even if you get up and you take some Tylenol but you go about your business and you don't say anything. But what's the first thing that we do? You get up and you, you walk through and you look at your husband or your kids or whatever. And you say, man, I got a headache today. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> because, yeah, you just claimed it. You just said. The thoughts that's in your, our head, we're going to have thoughts in our head. And that's where I always felt like I was failing because I would have thoughts of doubt like, well, what if this doesn't work? Or what if this happens? Or what if, what if, what if, what if? But thoughts that's in our head don't become anything until we speak them. But as soon as we speak those words out, we have just claimed it and made it reality. Because God speaks everything. He spoke for the worlds to be formed. He didn't think it. He spoke it. The word, every bit of this is spoken word that comes to us. And Jesus specifically says here, go to speak to the mountain, say to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. He spoke to the tree. He says whatever you ask for in prayer, not whatever you think in prayer, whatever you ask for in prayer. So words that work are words that are powerful, that are lining up with the word of God, that are our prayers, that are whatever that we say. And then the words that don't work are everything we say after that 
that doesn't 100% support that. But here's the thing is, we don't even realize what we're saying a lot of times. That's the thing that gets me is, okay, so I have, I, I, I wake up in the morning and thump, 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 my head hits pounding and I say, okay, you know what, I'm not doing this today. I speak in the name of Jesus that you are healed and you line up to the word of God. And then you get up and you go about your day and then just here a little bit, you're still holding your head and you're just like, oh, okay. And you're like, why isn't this working? Well, then you start saying, well, I have a headache. Well, then it's, you know, you kind of hold it back. We don't mean to. So I walk in the living room and, and Angie's sitting there saying, man, I got a headache today. Did that make the pain go away? Did speaking that out at all make the pain go away? Did it help? I mean, maybe he says, oh, honey, I'm sorry. And you get a little bit of attention from him. But does he help your head stop hurting? No. Does he wait on you and make you breakfast in bed? No, that doesn't happen. I don't know if it happens at your old house. It doesn't happen at mine. So, <laughs> I mean, I love Andy, but it doesn't happen at mine. <laughs> I don't do it for him either, though. So, <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> but nothing changed by me speaking those words out. So why do we speak them out? Why do we speak out words that don't change anything? My head hurts, my knee hurts, my back hurts, my feet hurt. Man, I'm so sick. Man, I don't feel good. Like, we say stuff like that all the time. When what we should be saying is, I'm blessed today. I'm highly favored today. Just whenever something like that hits your, your head and you think, oh, my head hurts so bad, we have to immediately come up with the antithesis for that. It's a really big word, but it's the, the opposite. We have to turn it around and say the opposite. Because, of course, that's Satan, Satan fights through your mind. That's where he puts his battle. The battle is not against fle you know, flesh and blood. It's against you know, the principalities, powers of the darkness, rulers of this world. He's fighting you with these thoughts that he's putting in your head. Oh, you feel horrible. Oh, this is happening. Oh, you know, what's, you know, blah, blah, blah. So how do we fight that? We fight it with words that work. So words that work are anything that can be the opposite of what's going on in your head. Like if you say, man, my head hurts, and your head, this headache's not going away, then you can, if you have to say something, just be like, oh, I'm healed by Jesus Christ. Just whatever the opposite of that is. And if you can't think of an opposite, just don't say it at all. Because it gains its power when you speak it out. Everything that we say becomes reality if we say it long enough. I mean, you know, like if, if you, I mean, a lot of people would, would say, well, that's not true. Because I've said da-da-da for years and that hasn't happened. Well, but we don't really know. Like, I know of people who have been, who, who, who are saying, you know, they say, well, well, I'll never make it past 60. And, you know, and they say that all the time. And I'm literally just like, why are you saying that? Oh, well, I mean, it's not like that's really going to happen. It's just something I say. But you don't know that. I mean, I know of my best friend, her husband had, his, his friend was going 
rafting, whitewater rafting for the first time. And he was very, very scared about it. And he kept telling Dave, he said, I'm just afraid I'm going to fall out of the boat and hit my head and drown. He said, I just feel like that's what's going to happen. I'm going to go on this trip. I'm going to fall out of this boat. I'm going to hit my head on a rock. I'm going to drown. And he just kept saying that. And Dave's like, why are you going then? He's like, well, da-da-da wants me to go and, you know, all this stuff. And so Dave was, Dave was like, well, dude, if you, don't, if, you don't, if you feel like that's what's going to happen, don't go. And he just kept saying it over and over again. That he, was going, he literally went on this trip. He went on the trip, and he fell out of the boat, hit his head on a rock, and he drowned. I mean, that's reality. Dave lost his best friend in a whitewater rafting accident. So, I mean, you know, we think that what we're saying isn't important and it doesn't matter. And sometimes you say stuff like that and it doesn't come to pass. I'm not saying every single word that comes out of your mouth comes to pass. But, but am I going to take the chance to say something like that and to keep calling that on myself? Well, I just know I'm going to get cancer. Well, I just know this is going to happen to me. Well, I just know I'm going to end up with heart disease because my mom has heart disease. Somebody told me that the other day. I'm like, don't say that on yourself. Break the curse. I mean, why do you want to take the chance? Yes, not every single thing that comes out of your mouth might not come exactly true, but am I going to take the chance of saying that? I mean, that's, that's a, an extreme circumstance, and you don't hear that happen very often, but it happened exactly the way he said. The words can work in our favor, and they can work against us. So everything that we're saying has to be monitored, which is kind of exhausting. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know for you all. I mean, I talk a lot. <laughs> it's just part of who I am. So for me, it's kind of exhausting because I have to watch everything that I say because I'm all the time. And so Andy and I try and kind of help each other by saying, you know, like, Hun, should you be saying that, you know? Which is really, really exhausting in itself too, because then I'm like, I can say whatever I want to. That's what my flesh wants to say. <laughs> and Andy helps to correct me. <laughs> but then I have to back up and I have to say, You're right. I shouldn't be saying that. Thank you. You know. I don't always say it that way because Andy's probably watching this and he's probably shaking his head. No, she doesn't do it that way all the time. So <laughs> but I do try. I mean, we need to have somebody that helps us to be accountable for that or to, you know, something because a lot of times we say stuff we just don't even realize that we're saying it. <clears throat> like negativity thoughts, like I just, um, which I think pastors talked about this before when you're, oh, that just kills me. Well, I, I don't want something to kill me, so well, that just tickles me to death. Well, <laughs> how are we talking about death? If you want to be tickled anything, be tickled pink. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be pink either, <laughs> then you might get sunburned. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, we need to find other ways of expressing ourselves. The world has made it so that it's fine to just say whatever the world says. And it's fine to, to, to repeat the phrases that they say. And that all of that, I mean, I watched a show, and actually the, this happened right at the beginning of the year. And this is, the Lord's really been working with me on this too. But I watched a show on Jeremy Renner. 
he's um, a TV, a movie star. He was, he's Hawkeye in the Avengers. He's a very famous person. And he's a very, very nice guy. Like the guy, like everybody that knows him says he is super, super nice. We were watching a, a documentary on this terrible accident that he had been in. And to listen to the language that was coming out of his mouth, they were having to kind of bleep him out some. And you wouldn't think, oh, that guy's a Christian, just from the way he talks. Like, you know, we tend to kind of judge people by their speech on whether they're saved or whether they're walking for the Lord or whatever. And just listening to him, I have no idea where this man's heart is. I'm just saying just listening to the words that he was saying, you would think, oh, this guy probably doesn't go to church much. But the things that lined up in his life to save him in this horrific accident, he was thrown underneath of a snow-capped plow that's metal tracks, like metal metal tracks that bites through the snow and ice. He was literally thrown underneath of this trying to save his nephew and was completely run over like by this, these metal tracks. Like everything on one whole side of his body was broken. Like everything. Punctured lungs, all kinds of stuff. And he should not have survived. And there were so many little things that happened that were miracles in this circumstance. There was neighbor's home and the garage door was slightly open and they could hear them screaming and was able to go help and there was, and call for help. And there was just so many little things that lined up. Even when he got to the, to the hospital, the, the ambulance crew that was able to go get him was highly trained in this area. And then when they got to the hospital, the, the doctors, and there was so many things that literally were like lining up to save his life that seemed like big coincidences. Oh, it was just a coincidence this happened, and a big coincidence that this happened. And all this stuff just lined up to save his life. And then his healing was miraculous. His healing was just above and beyond fast compared to what should have happened. I mean, I think he had like, his ribs were like broken pieces that they had to put back together. Like it wasn't like he broke a rib. Like his whole rib cage was just pieces that they had to put back together. So this, this man shouldn't be alive. Doesn't seem like he's, you know, somebody that you would follow as, you know, just listening to his language as you'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy's a real good Christian. I said, and the Lord just said, but, but listening to the people that were talking around him, everything he talked was positive. From the very moment that he got hurt, he was, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting, like, he was so positive. And before that, his life was always about positivity. It was always about blessing people. Whether he was saying, I'm blessing them, but that's what it was. He was always giving to people. He was always taking care of people. He always spoke positive of people. Like, this is what everybody was saying about him. And so even though he didn't follow godly principles the way that we think to follow godly principles, he was following godly principles. 
he was being the kind of positive person. He was speaking positive words. He was being a blessing to those around him. He was loving everybody. He didn't live in negativity. He didn't talk bad about people. He didn't do all these things. And because of that, he had sown seeds. Everybody sows seeds, whether you're saved or whether you're not. Every word that goes out of us is a seed. Everything that we do is a seed. So every word that works is a seed that's going to work for us in the future. And his words were seeds that were being planted in people, in their lives, and all this other stuff, that these people would move heaven and earth to save him. He had planted all these seeds, and, and God just showed me. He literally, sitting there, he was like, you know, seeds work just exactly like that. Even though we think that you have to be godly, you have to be praying, you have to be whatever. It's godly principle. We say the good words. We do the good things. We don't walk in doubt all the time by saying, well, that's not going to happen. Well, I can't do that. Well, that's impossible. I mean, are we saying that all the time? Do you want to be a millionaire so you can give money to everybody in the community? Then say, I want to be a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. But saying, well, I'll never have a million dollars. I can't ever go help anybody because I can't even pay my bills. That's what we say because that's what the world's taught us to say. And by saying that, then we're kind of just erasing out everything that we pray for. Lord, bless me financially so that I can go out into the community and help people. And then when it comes time to pay your bills, you're like, I don't have the money to pay this. You just said you don't have the money. So I know it seems like, and a lot of people are like, well, but that's reality. You're not lying. It's just what's there. Why, why do we have to speak reality? Why? I mean, I can look at my checking account and know if I have the money to pay that bill. <laughs> why do I have to say it out loud? Why do I have to speak that into, why can't I just look at it and go, I am highly blessed and highly favored and my bills are paid in Jesus' name. Why do I have to say what is reality? Why can't I say what I want that lines up with the word of God? Now, I'm not telling you to start claiming you're going to be a millionaire so you can go, I don't know, buy an island and live on it and never see people again or anything like that. Like, just, it has to line up with the word of God. You have to, you have to, you know, be going after the things that, that God's opened to you and shown you. There's nothing wrong with having things. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. There's nothing wrong with being healed. That's another thing that people, that gets me is every, we're all supposed to be striving for healing, but it's not okay to strive for blessings, financial blessings, like to, to enjoy life and to be able to bless other people with your financial stuff. Like, it's okay to have both. It's okay to be healed and to be financially blessed and to be blessed in your relationships and to have your children be blessed too. I mean, it, it's okay. God lined all of this up so that we could be blessed. Why would he tell us to go throw the mountain into the sea if he didn't want us to throw the mountain into the sea? Why would he tell us not to ask for what we want in prayer and believe and that it'll happen? It'll be done for them. He also says... Don't hold anything against anyone in that whole thing. He says that as well. 
So these are all things that are super important. We have to speak to the mountain. We have to not doubt. We have to ask for what we want, believing, and it will be ours. And we have to forgive. If I'm just like the, that Jeremy guy, like, he was just the nicest guy. Like, he didn't hold, I mean, I, I don't know him personally. This was a documentary. God was just using this as an illustration for me. So I don't know him personally. But just by looking and listening to the testimonies that people were saying about him, he just was nice to everybody. He loved everybody that came in touch with him. He just was, you know. So if, if he was a nasty person and was like holding stuff against people, do you think that those people would have been saying those things and all this stuff would have lined up to help him? Like if I'm holding stuff against somebody and I'm being hateful and cranky, the rest of this stuff doesn't work because love, Jesus' love, is what puts all of this into play. I mean, he wouldn't have finished up by saying that otherwise. Like, if I can be, like, mad at people and hold stuff against them, and then I'm standing out here speaking to my mountain, I'm only doing part of the equation. In math, I love math. I know I'm crazy, but I love math, and I love equations because each side of the equation has to balance out. I just have that kind of mind that I love the picture balancing out. And if I'm only doing part of the equation and I'm failing to do this side of the equation, then you're missing a whole side here. And it's never going to balance. It'll never work. You won't ever get to the final answer. And it's the same way with this. We have to do exactly what God tells us to do in this kind of stuff. You have to speak to your mountain. You have to not doubt. You have to speak the words that you need to say. You need to Ask in prayer, believing. You have to stand praying and not holding anything against anyone. So it's a whole big thing. How do we not hold stuff against somebody? Words that work. It comes right back to that. If somebody has done something to me and I run over to Christy and I'm like, do you know what this person did to me? This is what they did to me. Am I letting go of that? Nope. Am I spreading that? Am I pushing that onto somebody else? Am I trying to influence them to feel the same way that I do? I'm gathering my posse. I want everybody to be mad at them because they did something horrible to me. Is that forgiving? And just starting it out by saying, pray for me because this person did this to me. <laughs> that, no. <laughs> pray for me because I'm struggling with some unforgiveness in my heart and I need prayer for that. That's all that needs said. <laughs> they don't need to know who your unforgiveness for is towards. <laughs> they don't need to know any of the circumstances. They don't need to know any of that stuff. If you truly need prayer, just ask for prayer. If you need to talk about the situation, there is one person you can go to and talk to about it. He was there, saw the whole thing. He's not going to tell anybody. By speaking it to him, you release it and let it go. We feel that we have to then, well, if I don't tell somebody, then it's just going to boil up inside of me. And my husband needs to not be listening to this part right now because we had a discussion about this yesterday. <laughs> but venting is just our way of gathering our posse, getting somebody on our side. 
that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is when those thoughts pop into your head, say, mm, nope, I forgive this person, I don't care how I feel. And you may have to say it a thousand times to yourself and out loud. But eventually, that love starts coming back. Starts, you start to feel the feelings that used to feel toward them. And not the feelings of, they betrayed me, or they did this to me, or whatever. And we also needed to look at ourselves a lot of times and see, did they actually do anything here, or is this, or am I taking something out of this that doesn't need to be taken out of it? I mean, I'm a girl, and sometimes that happens. I'm just saying. I, I talk a lot, and I'm a girl. Sometimes things don't come across to me correctly. Sometimes my feelings say that what's happening to me is not, I, it may not have been intended that way at all. So it's always a good thing to go look in the mirror and say, did I have more in this than what I think I did? And back up and look at that. And sometimes doing that will help you to be able to forgive. But speaking the words, speaking love toward people instead of gathering your posse and speaking anger and influencing other people to be angry as well. You know, that's the first steps in true forgiveness of somebody and letting this stuff go. Prayer, Bible, we, that's, that's our base. That's our home that we have to have with God all the time. And then we need to take it a step further. We need to not just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. And we need to take it a step further and change our language. Change our, the way that we say things, the way that we hear things. Dusty was talking about in class not very long ago, the language of the word of God. Everything is said in here in a specific way for a reason. And we need to mimic that. We need to be aware of what we're saying and be careful of what we're saying so that our language is like the same kind of language as what the Word of God is. Say it in the way that the Word of God is said so that we know that we're doing it correctly. How are you going to know how to say it in the, word of the lang in the Word of the Lord is if you don't pick up your Bible and read it. So... Words are exactly what we need to, to do every single day to pay attention to. And like I said, for some of us, it's harder than others. If you're somebody who is very quiet and likes to think about your words before you say them, this might be an easier task than like me who everything comes out of my mouth really fast. I kind of need that like filter thingy that, that I can turn it off and on <laughs> like lately too. But I have gotten a lot better as I've gotten older at that. When I was younger, I just thought I was super smart and told everybody how super smart I was. <laughs> and now I tend to slow down and be like, I'm not sure about that. But, so I hope I helped everybody today. I'm done a little bit early, but um, our words are extremely important. What we say and what we do is what truly matters. If we want to speak to the fig tree and tell the fig tree, Jesus didn't cut it down. He didn't, I mean, you know, he wasn't over there like screaming at it. He just said, may nobody ever eat from you again. And he meant it. And he didn't go back on his word. And he didn't change what he said. And 
we have that same faith. I mean, in Matthew, it talks about having faith the size of a mustard seed. I think it's Matthew. I had it written down. Matthew 17, 20. Mustard seed is teeny tiny, right? They're little tiny things. Mustard seeds are tiny. So it's not like we have to have a huge amount of faith. It's not like we have to, you know. So what's the difference then? If it's just a mustard seed, then what makes that difference? And that difference is what we follow it up with, with our words. So anybody have any comments? This is just an example. Um, <clears throat> I was on the phone with one of my siblings, and we were just having a conversation, and there was something that's going on in my family, and it's something we really don't want to happen, but I was on the phone literally saying, well, this is what's going to happen. And I was saying the thing that I didn't want to happen. 
And I literally, God caught me in the middle of that conversation, just like what she's saying. You're going to get convicted immediately. I literally was in the middle of this conversation. I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And I had to, I like, on the phone with that sibling, I was like, I'm, I repent of those words. And I, I, I'm so sorry, Lord, for saying that. I do not want those words to come to pass. And we're not going to say that anymore. Like, he caught me right in the middle of the conversation. But here I was, I'm thinking, and he's been working and teaching with me on, the, on words. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm starting to get this. I'm start, and I was literally doing the exact thing that I didn't want to happen. I was calling it out. And I was like, <laughs> but he stopped me. And he literally in the middle of the conversation. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, I have to back up here. I had to say it in front of my sibling, too, because I said it to them. So, but, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. So, anybody else have anything? Let's pray, and then we'll be done. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word today, Lord. I pray that it is helpful to somebody here. Um, I know that what you're teaching me is helpful to me, and I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to be to put these words into practice more and more every single day, to, to, to get into your word and know exactly what I need to say and what I not need, what I don't need to say. And Lord, we're just appreciative of your um, goodness in teaching us today and just the time that we actually got to spend with you. This has just been a lot of fun to be here with you and to sit and have these conversations about your word and what all you've done for us. Um, and it's neat to be able to walk with Jesus for just a minute to see and do to see what he did and to know what that he did it for us. And Lord, we're just super appreciative. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.